Hey, Lizards, Gizmo here. I wanted to share some of the cigars we'll be smoking in April and May, so you can smoke along with us if you'd like. For Cubans, we've got Monte Cristo, Especialis No. 2, San Cristobal de la Habana, El Principe, Cohiba, Siglo 5, H. Upman, Half Corona, and Hoyo de Monterey, Double Corona. And for New Worlds, we've got E.P. Carillo, Allegiance, in Sidekick, Davidoff, Late Hour, in Robusto, Aging Room Quattro, Nicaragua Sonata, in Maestro, Dunbarton, Tobacco and Trust, Sin Compromiso, Selección No. 4, and the Davidoff, Winston Churchill, in Bellicoso, with much, much more to come. Have a suggestion? Email us. Hello at loungelizardspod.com. That's hello at loungelizardspod.com. Our podcast is supported by the Fabrica 5 Cigar Company. It's a handcrafted and artisan story built with a strong foundation by two legends, Rob Isla of Friends of El Habano and Bon Roberts fame, and Cuban master blender Hamlet Paredes. The entire line is crafted by Rob and Hamlet and refined with feedback from a hard-nosed tasting panel, the Friends of El Habano Forum, and smokers like you. You can jump on the FOH forum right now and post reviews and comments that go straight to the powers that be. They're already fantastically priced, but exclusive to Lizard listeners. Fabrica 5 is offering 10% off Puro Desnudo Ninfas N7 5-packs and 50-count bundles using promo code FAB5. That's F-A-B-5. Right now at Fabrica005.com. Plus, worldwide free shipping from Miami on all orders over 125 bucks US. This offer only lasts one more week. Again, use code FAB5 for 10% off Ninfa's five packs and 50 count bundles for the next week at Fabrica005.com. That's Fabrica005.com. You must be 21 years of age or older to order Fabrica5. No boxes, no bands, no bullshit. And now let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Lounge Lizards podcast. It's so good to have you here. It's a leisure and lifestyle podcast founded on our love of premium cigars, as well as whiskey, travel, food, work, and whatever else we feel like getting into. My name is Gizmo, and tonight I'm joined by Rooster, Puba, Senator, Pagoda, Grinder, and Bam Bam, a full house of lizards. And our plan is to smoke a cigar, drink some rum, talk about life, and of course, have some laughs. So take this as your sixth official invitation to join us and become a card-carrying lounge lizard. Plan to meet us here once a week. We're going to smoke a Cuban cigar tonight, share our thoughts on it, and give you our formal lizard rating. We'll also chat about holiday cigar samplers and some history of a storied Cuban marca, among a variety of other things for the next hour. So sit back, get your favorite drink, light up a cigar, and enjoy as we pair Four Squares 2009 Mark 17 rum with H. Upman's Magnum 46. A wonderful Corona Gorda from H. Upman. A Cuban, of course, 46 ring gauge by 5.6 inches. And uh, just a wonderful cigar, guys. I know that we all have had a couple of these now. I certainly smoke a lot. All right, let's give it a cut. See what we get on the cold draw. A little bit of sweetness on the on the wrapper. Beautiful wrapper. Yeah, the wrapper's yeah. really nice. Mine's a little toothy. It's got this reddish hue to it. Yeah. It's yeah. really nice. Let's give it a cut. Tastes like a graham cracker on the cold draw. Very grammy. Draws a little tight, but expected for this cigar. I feel like that's pretty consistent. Mine's wide open. It's very nice. Just a little bit of resistance, right? A little, hair, but a little I like bit. that. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, I feel like a number of us have smoked, have smoked a lot of these, and uh, it's a slightly snugger draw. Not in a bad way, but... Yeah, I don't mind that. You guys ready to light? Let's do it. Let's do oh, it. Yeah. The H. Upman Magnum 46 from Cuba. So these range anywhere between 10 and 15 bucks where you find them. And they smoke pretty good young, too. So we'll, we could talk about that. But uh, these are all 2019s that we're smoking tonight. A lot of flavor every time on the light. No ammonia. No ammonia. Still, still graham cracker, but also some spice. Delicious. Love it. Oh, it is delicious. It, it, Creamy it, graham cracker I'm getting. Yeah, and but it's salty too. It's got that, it's got that, it's got that, yeah. like that lip smacking goodness. Yeah, you're right. You know what I mean? It's a full flavored experience. I mean, it, it kind of hits everything, which is, you know, really nice on, on a Cuban. I love this cigar. 
this is my favorite cigar. So I know that uh, we've done the Exclusivo, which was Senator's choice. This was my choice uh, for our go around of everybody doing their favorite. And this was uh, this was mine. So this is the Gizmo this favorite. Is this the first Upman that we've done? Yeah. Yeah. Is this the this first, is our Upman? first Upman? Yeah. First so, of many. So what do we know about H. Upman? Well, I think the, the brand history is actually pretty fascinating about Upman. Um, I'm happy to just walk through some of the stuff I've, I've read that I, I think is interesting. So, I mean, H. Upman, first of all, as a brand, is one of the oldest Cuban brands. Uh, it was founded by a German banker named Herman Upman, who came to Havana in 1843 to arrange business affairs for an import-export business he was working for based in Germany. Um, interestingly, while Upman was in Cuba, before he ever made a cigar, he's actually credited with inventing packaging cigars in cedar boxes that we love and, and all like to store and age our cigars in today. Uh, the original boxes that he made were labeled with H. Upman, his name on it, and he put actually other manufacturer's cigars in it, would apparently give it to clients and just people that he was sort of entertaining. Fast forward then, a year later, he buys a local cigar factory in Havana, began producing cigars under the Upman brand in 1844. At the same time, he began a banking business, initially catering to tobacco dealers and manufacturers in Havana. Upman ran the business until 1890, and when he retired, what was fascinating is it was actually a family business for a few generations. So he handed the business over to his nephew, Heinrich Upman, who operated the business until he died in 1914, and then his nephew handed it over to his two nephews, Herman Upman, another Herman Upman in the family, and Alberto Upman. And the two of them ran it from there on, and, and then the rest goes on from there. The craziest part of the Upman brand history, so there was a period of time where Upman was, let's say it was a dark point in the brand history in Cuba because Herman Upman uh, committed espionage. So oh. during World War I in 1914, the Upman businesses in Cuba, so he had the bank, he had the cigar business, and then apparently also had some business in the U.S., he concealed the workings of the German intelligence network through these businesses. They actually had German agents that he would have come through and house as Germany was trying to collect intelligence. And so you fast forward to 1917 when Cuba declared war on Germany and the Upman Bank, they shut down for 30 straight months during this. In 1917, the Upman Company was named to the United States' first enemy trading list. All <laughs> of Herman Upman's assets were frozen in the U.S. Eventually, in Cuba, him and his brother were placed under house arrest. And then finally, when tensions de-escalated, he was free and was able to continue running the cigar business. But there was this very dark period during World War I, where he was sort of persona non grata in Cuba as he was operating one of the most legendary cigar brands. It's fascinating. That is fascinating. It's unbelievable. So was he a carrier of microfiche? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> there were no USB drives to load up then, but I'm sure he was doing a little bit of that. It's a delicious, this is such a delicious cigar. I'm getting hints of all the other Upmans that we love to smoke and we can talk about. Um, what are you guys getting right now? Continued creamy graham cracker. Some cedar, you know. Yeah, I'm getting cedar. Like a little sweetness. Great combustion. Cocoa. Great smoke output. Very nice. So we're we're pairing this tonight with the Foursquare 2009 Mark 17 rum, uh, which is cask strength, it's 120 proof, 60 percent by. Wow. Uh, I mean. Let's be careful. I'm strap, excited. Strap in, boys. Yeah. Can I ask Senator a question? <laughs> Let me. I, before you Do you go. have cots available? <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot smoother than you think. I have to say, Senator poured me quite a gratuitous. I did not pour for the that record. Was that, that, pour. that was a gizmo that pour. That was a gizmo pour. Poured me very generous. <laughs> that, that was a gizmo sink pour. Oh, yeah. my gosh. It's, yeah, it he, smells wonderful. Yeah. It, wow. the, it smells like ooh. Christmas. It's, it does smell Oh, like my Christmas. God. So it's really, it's a, it's a very 
So this is a really true spirit. It's a true Barbados rum. And what makes it really interesting is, is that, so first off, it's a limited release. And, and every, every year, Foursquare Distillery out of Barbados, which is run by Richard Seal, um, who's a fourth generation distiller um, out of Barbados. He, he this is thirty thousand bottles. The allocation basically goes, uh, the majority of it goes to the U.S. and U.K. Um, this stuff sells out pretty quick. This is a twelve-year-old bottle, and this is a legitimate age statement on on this bottle. The the rum is aged in X cask bourbon barrels. This particular this particular Mark Seventeen. This batch, but they also age, um, they also age their rum in bourbon barrels. They age that they age releases in cognac barrels. They age releases in sherry barrels, um, French oak, uh, Zinfandel, and even in Syrah barrels so they really and it's so richard seal has kind of done this thing where he he's kind of declared war on the rum business because there's this notion in the world of rum where sorry i had to take a draw off this cigar um where rum kind of doesn't have rules like maybe scotch cognac bourbon and wine has rules and basically his whole ethos which he he went on this journey um into the market in 1994 um their family's been involved with the sugarcane farm rum is made from the the source materials is sugarcane but there's no added sugar and there's no added color and there's no additives into this spirit it's a true spirit most of the rums that you're going to see on the market um have additives they have added sugar with fancy labeling and actually misleading label statements and this is so he's really declared war since 1994 on the industry saying like no like that bacardi with the with the fancy label and some of this other stuff is really just your, the more sugar they add, the more they charge. And um, his point of view and his argument is that using, adding sugar to rum creates this illusion that it's, it's like covertly sweetened and it's, it, it, it's like deceptive that you're drinking a straight spirit and creating this false loyalty. Um, and these these questionable and false age claims. So that's really the heart of what 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 they do. And also some of the things that go into it, to this process is the water on Barbados is actually particularly good, like in Scotland. You know the water that they're using, the starting material that they use to make these batches is limestone filtered water. There's a lot of limestone on, on Barbados and that rainwater is collected and they, they use the best water that they can find and go through the fermented fermentation process, the distillation process. And one of the unique things that they do is they actually, after the distillation process, they use a couple different types of pots. They use coffee pots, they use copper pots, they do different things. And they actually blend at, after the distillation process and then they barrel it and pr proceed on with the aging process and proceed to barrel to, 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 to bottling, which is interesting. So it's, it's, a, it's a nice spirit, um, and I like it. It's, I, can't, I can't wait. Yeah, yeah. I, Let, I mean, let's just, try the, it. just the description and knowing the cigar, the balance in the cigar, the balance of sweetness, spice, and just smoothness, I know it's going to... You know, I'm sure it's going to pair fantastically. I hope. I, I hope so. I, I like it. Here we Let's go. give it a sip. Four Square, 2009, Mark 17, 12 year aged. And I definitely taste the enhanced wow. alcohol content. Wow! But it's so smooth, though. It is very smooth. It's delicious. Naturally sweet. Puba, delicious. I don't, I, I don't get the spice, though. It's I, just too smooth to be spicy. I, I agree. I, I actually really, really like this. 
full flavor, smooth delivery, especially at, I mean, 60% alcohol. I mean, that stuff will kill you. You'd expect it to really kick your ass, and it doesn't. No. It's actually a very smooth delivery for a cast strength rum. And I love the sort of brand story that you told and the ethos because um, I do enjoy rum, and I actually have some Caribbean blood in me. And the, the only other brand that I know of in the Caribbean that doesn't add any sugar, period, to their rum, any additives, and ironically, the whole limestone-filtered water, like the, the stories are so similar, is Appleton Estate. And flavor profile-wise, it's also pot-stilled their rums. It's very similar to this, and I like Appleton Estate, a Jamaican rum, and uh, this I would put right up there with it. Excellent. Yeah, it, from from all the research that I've done, I, I'm not, you know, we, we drink a lot of scotch here. We drink wine. Um, from all the research that I've done, Foursquare and Richard Seal, this is the, he's he's up there with the greatest rum distillers in the world, and it's I and it's pretty interesting and it's a nice change of pace I think and it pairs well with the cigar. I would drink this more often now. It is so good. I'm surprised how good it is. It's delicious, tasty, smooth. Goes great with a cigar. Wow. I am surprised. I'm blown the, away. I'm surprised in the pairing between rum and a cigar. I mean, to me, I would I would put that on my my novice understanding of alcohol. I'm a Scotch guy, obviously. I like you know, champagne. I like other things, but you know, I would never have put rum at the top of that list. And this is pairing brilliantly with Brilliant. a cigar. Well, I, I think I think it goes back to like with like, like you know, Cuban cigars are obviously Cuban. Rum is a very Cuban, you know, uh, spirit. You you speak to any Cuban instead of drinking a, a scotch at the end of the day, they'll have a, they'll have a glass of rum. I think it you know it, it speaks to what we were talking about in previous episodes, or you know even you know generally taking the different. I don't know if it's terroir or if you know what the right word is, but it's it's coming from the same source in a way. You know that same. Aquafil, aquifer water that's you're, you're, we're drinking is also the same, you know, life-giving source for the leaves of the tobacco, you know? And I think that that kind of balances, I don't know, it's, 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 it's a hypothesis I have. It's, it, it may not be tr true, but you can, you can surmise it might be. Could I get this at any bar? Do they have this stock? No, you know, they're not, you're probably not going to be able to find four square by the by the glass unless you're really at a place where they're you know got to figure 30,000 bottles like I went to I went to Bottle King today there were two bottles left what is this run a bottle it's 90 wow I would have expected it to be more it's the oh there are ones that are more I mean this particular release is 90 but there's other releases that are more limited that are 120 140 wow I, I just, don't. I don't want to jump ahead, but I'm gonna get fucked up tonight. <laughs> I mean, it's like punch. This is like drinking a kid's drink. It's so good. But it. But do you notice though the thing that I noticed about it, as we're we're thinking about it, and tasting it, is that it's much drier than what you than than what you'd anticipate. You know, when you think of rum, most rum, probably ninety percent of what you're drinking has added sugar. This all the sweetness comes from. So this distillery is on a sugarcane farm. All rums made from sugarcane and different kind of byproducts of it, whether it's the liquid, molasses, and even sugarcane syrup. But what makes this different is they do not add refined sugar. So they do not add sugar to, the, to, to, to this. Um, and that's what you're getting if you drink a Diplomatico, okay? Which to me... Listeners, if you like Diplomatico, feel free to hate me. But it's shit. It is absolute shit. This is an actual spirit that's distilled in an artisanal way. And it's really something to be enjoyed. And if you, I, I, I would recommend if you have a chance to have this with a cigar, um, it really pairs up really quite nicely. And you don't, you know, you don't have to pound it. It just like kind of cleanses the palate and gives you that kind of sweetness. And I think it's a really, it's a really nice change of pace. And you, you don't you don't have to dump the uh, end of your cigar in the rum, right? That's that's the still faux pas. 
<laughs> I will admit, when I first started buying this, and I really only bought it because, I'll just be honest, I did no research on it, and I started buying this over the summer. And I'd buy a couple bottles at a time from Bottle King. And, uh, and I'd sit on my, my porch and I would drink this, you know, and have a cigar. And at the end of the night, I'd be like, oh, my. I never looked. <laughs> I never looked at the, I never looked at the label and saw that it was 120 proof. And I'd, be, I'd walk in the house. What's wrong with you? And I'd be like, I don't know. I just, ah. And I just had a drink. Well, yeah, because you're basically. That, that's the thing that's funny. In the Caribbean, they're known for these overproof rums, right? Over 40%. This is 60%. You can find the Caribbean 100% rum. A hundred percent alcohol rum, and that's entirely normal. And what's remarkable about it is it's not crazy strong and intense where you feel it when you're sipping it in a bad way. You know, you have some of these cast strength bourbons or whatever the case may be, and you know you've got to sip it so slowly because I mean, it just feels like your esophagus is just completely incinerated when you're drinking this. And with some of these rums, it's really remarkable. I mean, I remember my grandparents would bring back, because you couldn't get it in the U.S., some of these Caribbean rums and things like that, and they're way overproof. And uh, they're, they're, very, they're very smooth for the punch they pack. So I, I think a lot of people have been in the same situation, Booba. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm getting strong Jack Sparrow, Jack Sparrow vibes right now. But why is the rum gone? I've always associated rum with like pirates. Yeah. And like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like I'm, I'm hearing the pirates of the Caribbean theme in my head. Get you the know? hell out of here. But this shit is premium. It's really good stuff. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm, I'm we not live a rum the good guy, life but on the island, man. It is. And to Puba's point about how this is, you know, a, a limited production type of thing. They don't distribute a, as far and wide as a lot of other spirits do. I mean, you go into a bar. To Bam's question of can you find this in a bar? No. And can you actually find a lot of good rums in bars? No. You're going to find the things that are owned by Diageo and that are very widely distributed like Bacardi and these others. You're not going to find a whole lot else. So you've got to be really purposeful in seeking out a rum bar that you may find some of the really nice higher-end stuff like this. Uh, but it's not it's not as easy as a lot of other spirits. What What is a good rum that you can find in the bar? So in the absence of a four square, what's a good rum you can find in a bar? You know, I'm, I'm not sure, um, to be honest. Um, there is a rum called uh, John D. Taylor. Uh, and there's a rum called uh, Dorley that fall under the four square masthead that's a little bit that are, that's younger that's not as strong so those are ones maybe we can seek out and review um that fall that are distilled at the four square distillery they distill um, a couple of different labels that were about to go either that they saved that they were that that were about to go out of business and they they, they actually saved those kind of their approaches to rum and and brought them into their into the four square distillery in Barbados and have kept those brands alive. And a lot of those brands are really like three and five year aged um, rum that are used in some of the most famous cocktails, you know, in the Caribbean. I always found Mount Gay to actually be a good rum that you can get at any bar. It's pretty well known. Yeah, right? it's a, it's and it's not it's not Bacardi. But I've always found Mount Gay to be a pretty solid bed. You know, you, you can it's not it you can sip it, you know, and and enjoy it. Um, I don't know if that's who makes that or who distills that. It's also from Barbados, Mount Gay. Is it? I mean, I would argue that Barbados and Jamaica make the best rums. Period. Those are like the only two islands I would actually drink rum from. Yes, you're right. And and, and Barbados has some standards. They have some. They're trying to. Same with Jamaica. That's what I'm saying. They're very similar. Yeah, They're that, really anal about rums have to meet these specific criteria. Right, because what ends up happening is these age statements that are being put on put on bottles are are bullshit. So like other brands will will actually take something that's like that they say is that sat in a barrel for twenty five years and they'll put they'll put a few ounces in there and then fill the rest up with whatever and call it 
12 year age. So this is the war that Richard Seale has waged on the rum industry that he's made some waves about. Um, Ron Zacapa is another well-known, I don't know how, what kind of a rum it is. And the other question I have is, why do they add sugar? If it's made from sugarcane and molasses, why do they feel the need to add sugar? To make it taste better, for the sweeter for the consumer. Well, think of it this way. When you, the distillation process wipes out the actual sweetness that you would think would come from distilling it from sugar. So like just, just distilling it from sugar doesn't mean it's going to be sweet at all, frankly. There's going to be some elements that are flavor profiles, I'm sure, but that doesn't mean it's sweet. And you have these brands that, I mean, I get kind of worked up about it, but Casamigos is a brand that we talk about here that, you know, you have some celebrities that come in and say, we're going to make a rum. They just fucking slam a bunch of sugar in it and say, this is our brand. And, you know, they attach their brand to it, and, you know, their image or their celebrity profile to it, and they sell it and it moves because, you know, Western capitalism, of course it is. And that's the case. But the reality is it doesn't, it's not to your point earlier on what this is, it's not true to the original, you know, flavor profile of a true rum. And I'm sure, you know, I don't even know, I didn't know about what you were just saying about some of these other brands that take a very aged portion of it, dump it into something else and blend it and, and then take the kind of weighted average of it. You know, that's, that's really messed up. Yeah. But to, to Rooster's question on, you know, why, why do these companies add sugar? It's no different in wine, right? The, the tell when you have a cheap wine, that you, you take a sip of and you say, well, that's very smooth, but it's really sweet. They add residual sugar. And at least in wine, you have to disclose if you're adding residual sugar. But of course, it's in like tiny, tiny print or sometimes not even on the bottle. And you have to actually go to the brand page to see it. But no different than in rum, they do it because it smooths out all the rough edges. So a really good 12-year age rum like this or a really good bottle of wine that's got some age on it, the age, just like cigars, it will smooth those rough edges out. And what some of these companies do that are trying to produce a really cheap product that people are just going to go and buy, they just add sugar and make it sweeter so that it masks all those rough edges and imperfections. And that's that's why you see that happen. So we're coming into the second third here. For me, it's it's smoking great, great combustion, great flavor. How's it working for you guys? Fantastic as always, this particular line of cigars. I had a beautiful white ash hanging on for dear life the first third. It, <laughs> Me it too. was great even burn. The flavors are are still nice and consistent. I'm enjoying this. My, my only my only uh, comment on this is that it's not uh, and I don't smoke this as much, but it's not very smoky. You're saying from the a combustion, combustion standpoint? Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I do think uh like you mentioned, the draw is a bit so, you know, there's resistance to the draw and, uh, yeah. I actually agree with Pagoda on that. I, I don't think this produces a lot of combustion. And I do think that that's probably a product of that tighter draw. So if I had a criticism and I very much like this cigar, I agree there's not a ton of combustion and I, I almost wish there were more. I mean, a D4 is a Robusto. It's obviously fatter than this, but not, not by a whole lot. And uh, I definitely get a lot more combustion out of that. But on, the, on the flavor side, I would say it's a perfect combination of spice and sweetness, you know, and cedar. And it's like a great combination of those two flavors coming together. So they also make a Magnum 50 and a Magnum 54 in regular production. And then they did a uh, limited release of a Magnum 48 at one point. I think twice they did it in the last few years, but... Uh, that one's a little harder to get, but yeah, 46, 50, and 54 are the main three. And they all vary in flavor and, 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 uh, and profile. Yeah, they, they do. Um, the Magnum 50 is a really different cigar than this. It's just, um, and we should talk about that. We should review that at some point because it's a good cigar. Um, not to compare, but, this Magnum 46 is really, I, I, I enjoy this cigar 
um, for what it is. It's to me, I like this ring gauge from time to time. I, for me, it, this size, it, it, this, is the, this is the best standard production cigar in this format for me that I like. And sometimes I just want this format. I want this 46 ring gauge. I just want it at times. It just delivers something that's nice. It's a great, it's a great change of pace. And a Magnum 46 is one of these types of smokes that like kind of like a D4 or an exclusivo. It's kind of like rotational. It's definitely something that 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 can rotate um for me personally. I I I, I dig it. So I think in the up and line, the 46 and the 54 are closer. Then the 50 is a little bit mild to medium. 46 and 54 a little bit more fuller. Yeah, I would believe that. I, I've had the 54. I've never had the 50, but I feel like the 50 is very polarizing in the Magnum line. Yeah. People either really like it or they, they really don't. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I think that, I think that the, um, the 54 may maybe, and I'm just hypothesizing, may have a little more Lajero, a heavy more, little bit more uh, Lajero in it, and, and, and it gives a little bit more punch where maybe the 50, because of the longer format, um, starts off a little bit, a little bit kind of smooth and easy, and that some, some aficionados may say, oh, well, it's maybe a more of a medium-bodied cigar that builds and a little bit more of a journey because it's so long. Who knows? To each his own. We all love Upman. I mean, I think it speaks to the versatility of this of the marca. It delivers a it delivers a little bit for everybody, whether it's the two, the Kanye. You know, it's a really good it's a really good brand. I have to say, though, going back to the pairing, I'm not sure why this is the case, but after having this rum with this cigar, I would almost always want to pair a Magnum 46 with rum. And there are few cigars that I would say that about, so I feel strange even saying this, but I've had this with scotch countless times, and it's been enjoyable, but I don't think the scotch has like elevated this cigar or been that spectacular a pairing with this cigar, but this rum, for some reason, is making this Magnum 46 more enjoyable than it normally is when I smoke it. Yeah, it's a perfect pairing, Puba. No doubt about it. Yeah, I, I would agree with I would agree with that sentiment. Do you think? Do you think this is a? Uh, we're coming up on the holidays. Do you think this is a gift-giving uh, cigar? That's a good question. I don't know. Depends on who you're giving it to. I don't know if everyone's going to love the Magnum Forty Six. You, you, you know, this is like. I, I feel like this is like a Cuban cigar smokers kind of cigar. Not that it's not approachable, but there's a little bit of there's like a little bit of poke to it, and I think the spice I think the spice element really you have to appreciate that and you have to kind of have a good palate for that in a way. So I don't know. I have a different perspective. I mean, I don't think the spice is in any way significant or overwhelming. I think it's there, but I don't think it ever. I don't think it takes the lead in this dance of flavors that you get out of this cigar. And I think I would give this cigar to anyone who is a cigar smoker of any level. You know, I, I think I would not give this to a novice who rarely smokes a cigar, but I think anyone who regularly smokes cigars, and I've given this to friends who fall somewhere on that spectrum of they're a cigar smoker, whether it's one or two a week or more than that. And I've, I've always gotten a very positive reaction to this cigar. So I, I would consider this a good gift for the holidays. So maybe include the four square with this. Perfect gift. Well, it does smell like Christmas. It, it really does. It's, I, it is great. I was going to say, I, it's, it's a rich, for me, it's a rich, rich flavor. And rich flavor I associate with the holidays. There's a lot of rich food, a lot of, you know, indulgence in a way. And, um, you know, to to Pagoda's point, I, it, it it's it's very Christmassy, and and I, I I it takes me back to the question you know before, what is a good holiday cigar gift? Right, like what what do you like? What There's do you, so many. 
Yeah. Chef's edition. Yeah, we've smoked a lot of them. I think you know? it goes back to Puba's comment, who you're giving it to. What cigars are you giving to a particular, particular person? I I'll, s- to think, I'll send you my list. It's a, I think this is a, <laughs> a good-looking cigar. It presents well. It would make a good gift for the right guy. And it's not it's not a super full cigar. That that's why I'm saying this. I mean, it's I, I've given this yeah. to. I'm thinking of two people in mind that don't like very full cigars that I've given this to that they've really liked because it's medium then builds to medium full. But I don't think this cigar ever gets truly full. So so what so what would what would you give? Not this cigar. Let's say not 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 this one. But what's a good? You're coming up on the holidays. You're thinking, you know, my uncle Bob. He really, I, I think he likes cigars. He may not have the 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 palate that we all lizards have. He may not smoke as many cigars as we have. What's like a good? Hey, I know you appreciate this. We appreciate. I appreciate it as well. You know, let me share sharing this love of of cigars with you. I mean, for me, there are two obvious ones. I Very. think if we're going Cuban, I'd give him a D four. And if we're going New World, I'd give him a Padron Exclusivo Maduro. Yeah. How about a sampler? Well, that's what I did. My brother just got into cigars uh, recently. And yesterday, actually, I delivered to him. I sent him six cigars. And I sent him, you know, he hasn't had Cuban. He's never had a Cuban before. So I sent him a Magnum 46, knowing we were going to do this on the pod. I sent him a D4. I sent him a uh, Ramon Aonis, specially selected. I sent him an... H. Upman Half Corona, the little one, which I think is a great intro, especially in the winter. It's so short, and it's a great smoke. Um, and I sent him some Padrones. That's a beautiful sampler. That's yeah, fantastic. He was beautiful. I love samplers. I really do love samplers. <laughs> Maybe yeah. I'm an outlier, but I, I, I love a good sampler. And Giz, we're all your brothers, by the way. You have more crazy shit in your humidor than I will ever dream absolutely. of. So let's not I'll, even. I'll take a sampler. Yeah, absolutely. I'm Good your brother. Point, I am your brother. And, <laughs> and my expectations have just gone up. We're all brothers. For Christmas. Because your, hum- your humidor, Rooster, is You talking to stupid. me? <laughs> Are you talking to me? It's stupid. What's your most recent purchase, Rooster? Uh, I don't know, like a Arturo Fuente short story, maybe? <laughs> no. Uh, no. Recent is in, what did you buy in the last 24 hours? List it. Nothing. Oh, you're so full of shit. Well, I bought a box of the Ramona Yones um, Gigantes. I saw that. Nice. Okay, Those so, are big boys, right? Yeah, I Those wanted. So boys. that's an example of a box that I wanted that you poached from me. <laughs> I'm sorry. You can, I'll give you one. <laughs> we can split that box. How about that? Posted for 18 minutes. Rooster. If box is that was gone. 18 minutes too long. <laughs> if we're splitting that box, let's do that three ways. I saw that and I wanted that too. Okay. So no problem. That's fine. Uh, we just talked about sharing and caring and it's the holidays. Why not? The the rum the rum is really amplifying this the flavors of the cigar. I don't know whose idea it was to pair these specific things Puba. together. Puba. But this is a phenomenal, phenomenal pairing. I think you should do more pairings with rum than with scotch. And Rooster, I think you need to start to drink your rum, or I'm going to drink it myself. Because <laughs> it's not cheap. So start. He's been, he's been smelling it. So. He's been smelling going, it. Going back to Senator's point really fast, I mean, obviously, like we talked about, I've smoked a lot of these cigars. I'm getting a totally different experience with the rum than I do with scotch. I mean, it's, it's, it's the same cigar, but it's such a different experience. It's... It's a perfect pairing for the cigar. And I would, like, like he said, like Senator said, I would almost prefer rum over ah. well, a good rum. A good rum. With this stick? You yeah. know, we're all raising our hand to talk. I mean, I am a fan of rum now, and I never was before. This is really quite, quite good. Really quite good. My, I mean, my, my point is that maybe, maybe cigars are meant to be paired with rum as opposed to scotch. Maybe, well, maybe let's that's not go too far. <laughs> uh, not take a, maybe we go down that path. Take a trip, take a trip to Cuba. You need, you, hey, life is about variety, right? You gotta, you gotta balance. So, have you guys tried any of the Cuban rums? Havana Club. I have not. It's very popular. Seven Eleven year. I have because they yeah. have it. So, I, I was in Greece earlier this year. And they have 
all the Havana Club is distributed out there. I was not impressed, to be honest. No, huh? In mojitos, yeah. I think it's a lot of hype, a lot of hype. I mean, you see guys on the secondary market that we buy Cubans from that even have sourced a lot of this um, Havana Club, and they'll resell it, and it's a lot of hype. It's a lot of hype. It's not I, great. I just remember in the past getting pretty hammered on Havana Club. <laughs> we had just come back from Mexico, and uh, we finished like two bottles amongst like maybe four guys. Well, the funny thing is everything I've read, I feel like decades ago, the rum they produced was outstanding. I mean, arguably like best in the world, best in class. And I feel like all of a sudden there was this tons of hype. And I think that they realized they could cut some corners and probably just distribute much more widely. And it's not the same because what I've tasted in the last 10 years is not that impressive. But there are guys that will talk about bottles that they've had years well before that that they are so passionate about, and I think something's changed. Yeah, it's congruent. Cigars, Cuba, sugarcane, it's, it's rum. It's, it's, all from, it's all cultivated from the same... GMOs. The same, uh, what's GMO? <laughs> what, what is a GMO? Genetically, genetically modified. They don't do that in Cuba. What? They, they don't, don't do GMO. No. Yeah, what I are you talking about? They don't do that in that's Cuba. That's a thing in Cuba. GMO. They, they're, they're using... They're, they're like uh, just turning I'm over soil about, with a maybe they use it for sugar. They're, they're turning over soil with a mule and a cart. They're not doing GMO. <laughs> they're still driving cars from the fifties. Right. I, I mean, mean they, they don't they, have any. To his point, <laughs> to Puba's point, about? they they are in Greece. They're they're not using GMOs. They don't even know what a GMO is. So like, Monsanto has not quite reached there. They're no. getting there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get there. It's an untapped market. They'll get there. That's on the. Uh, it's on the growth. That's, that's on, on the growth plan. That's on the uh, the slide deck. But for listen, next year. this is no secret. Rum and rum and Cuban rum or rum rum and rum and Cuban cigars. It's like beer and pizza. It's 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 uh, it really is. I mean, so I think it's overdue that we you know, we get caught up in the in in scotch. Uh, so I think this was a nice thing to, to to bring to the you know to bring to the table and talk about. And, and pair up because it does pair great. You know what's interesting about this? We were just talking about hype, and I've never heard of Foursquare before Puba talked about it as we were preparing for this episode. I was looking at Friends of Abanos uh, on the forum there, and a lot of guys were listing their Christmas wish list, like different cigars and alcohol and stuff they're looking for. You wouldn't believe how many times Foursquare came up from these guys that are trying to find it and can't namely in Europe and Australia, that they're having such difficulty finding it. Like you had said, it's not distributed as widely there. They're but limited release bottles. Yeah. They, they really stick to distribution in the UK and the US because those are the biggest markets. So, yeah, they may have a hard time in certain parts of Europe and certain parts of, uh, of Australia in particular that they're probably not getting allocation. There you go. Let's source They need to fly in and go to Bottle King. I mean, I, I, I've always had great drinking experience in the Caribbean. <laughs> it doesn't matter. If I'm drinking beer, if I'm drinking rum, whatever, it, it's, it, it's all great. It's like, always rum. It, well, it, I mean. Because you're on even, vacation. Even Red Stripe. Red Stripe is such a fantastic <laughs> beer. Like, it's, it's, there's. Jamaican beer? It's a Jamaican beer. There, it's, it's got a Pilsner style, but it's not too, it's not too, oh, it's too sweet. It's, there's. It's it's very true to what it is. There's no added sodium. Like you have, you're you're not gonna have a, any kind of that, you know, uh, preservatives in it. It's 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 straight off the line, and you drink it, and it's fantastic. And you know, I mean, I, I honeymooned in Jamaica, and I all I did every day, we had a little hut on the on the water, and I would do, I would I would start drinking Red Stripe at like nine o'clock in the morning, <laughs> and. And and we'd be on the beach and we'd go to the pool and then we'd go back to our little hut and then we'd go back to a beach pagoda thing. A pagoda. Uh, beach pagoda? A beach pagoda. A beach pagoda. <laughs> you got shanked on you the beach. Yeah, I was just going to say You get stabbed that. when you sit in it. But like, and, it's, and it's, it's, it's true. You know, we talked about maintaining the organic nature of the stuff we consume here. Oh, Wine, yeah. beer, rum, whiskey, whatever. The Jamaicans, they do it right. Oh, know? oh, they know organic. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There's Thank lots God. of organic material. Dude, I've been down there. We're like, I'm swimming and a guy like pops up out of the water 
with bracelets and like dime bags. And he's like, <laughs> hey man, you want the party, man? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, sure. He's like, my name's Joshua. What's your name? I'm like, <laughs> Puba. Puba. I'm like, I'm like, I'm Puba. What do you got? He's like, I have bracelets for your pretty girlfriend. <laughs> and I got a dime bag for you. <laughs> so this cigar has been around since the early 2000s and has gone through some uh, several iterations. I mean, it, when they first released it, no bands. Then it went to the traditional old brown Upman band. And then uh, they moved to this double-banded with the classic Upman that you would find on a Sir Winston or any of their other cigars, and then the second band with the Magnum 46. But it's been around quite some time, and people love these cigars, man. And they're not, they're not that expensive. I mean, you can get them for between 10 and 15 bucks. I mean, for what it is, I mean, it's a great value. So, so what, what makes it a Magnum? That's a great question. I don't know if that's ever been what disclosed. What makes Cuba Cuba? I don't know. Who the hell knows? I mean, it's got to be flavor, right? That it's I think it's flavor. It's got to be flavor. That's the thing you think of the Upman line and what they had before the Magnum line. I mean, they weren't as full flavored as this Magnum Forty Six, and I think that was. I mean, you think the Magnum Fifty Four? That's a full flavored Cuban. So I think it was meant to signify this is going to pack some more flavor and more intensity, but, but not the Fifty. That's yeah, true, and that's why I think that's yeah. so polarizing because it almost doesn't fit in the line. Right. The Magnum. See, it's pol yeah, it's polarizing. It's. It, I mean, it to is. me, Magnum kind of defines that it's a bigger ring gauge, but this is a forty-six ring gauge. But to me, though, like Magnum, to me, because I've you know versus other Upmans, and you guys may disagree with me. I think some of the other Upmans they knock on the door. I think this kicks the door in with flavor. I don't think it kicks the door in with strength. It doesn't kick your ass, but it makes itself known from that first light. It's it's a full flavored cigar, not full strength, but full flavor. There's a lot going on. I think here. it's a medium bodied, but very flavorful. flavor wise, it's it's there definitely. And I mean, Puba, you're a you're an Upman, you are a major Upman fan. Obviously, the Upman two, that's your what top three, top five cigar. Yeah, Sir what Winston, Connie A, Connie A, yeah, it's uh -oh. one of my top. I mean, yeah. there's no uh oh. It's just I love I love the connoisseur. Um, I, I don't there's know. A, there's I a don't little know. uh oh. No, well, I mean, you were very I, bullish, and then all of a sudden, you you got a little quieter on the Kanye. Well, because I hoard them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's because I'm not. You know, I mean, I'll be honest. There's, there's. I think there's certain cigars from Upman that are are really well suited for aging. One of them's the two. The two the two is a cigar that I'll ask the group a question. Do you see is the is the Upman number two ubiquitous? No. No. It's hard to find. No. It's not. People buy those boxes and they snatch them up and they put them away in their humidor. And they do it for a reason because that's that cigar really sets up to to, to, to age really well. And when you have a a, a, a a love 2014 2015 you, you, you're today it's really really a well-regarded cigar that's known to age well thank um, you thank you for offering for us to review those next week Puba. it's in the uh, sample you know what maybe we'll do it it's in the sample uh, you know we should do it uh um but but that's the hard cigar that's a hard box to find these days so and with the Connoisseur A, that's another cigar I think that just needs a little bit of, it's a La Casa de Habana release. It needs a little more time too. Just it needs to set up. They're, they're bigger ring gauge cigars. This is kind of the 46. Um, it, 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 it'll give you, you know, you can smoke these younger and they're really, really good. And you get all that thing, all that, all that, all those signature up and flavors um, you know, sooner in in a more convenient kind of steady rotation way, and I, I and I don't think that's a knock against those other those other vitolas or releases. It's just the way it is. It's, I mean, I I bought a box of twenty uh, ones this week. I got them today, and I don't plan to touch them for years. Uh, twos, just, yeah, up in twos, yeah, yeah, yeah. So and, can I can I 
wage a small complaint with this stick. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I've had a lot of these, and smoking this right now, I do wish the draw were a little looser mm. or a little more open. I, I feel like it, you know, there's that resistance, and I'm not sure that I that's ideal for me. I don't think it's I don't think it is so bad that it completely you know ruins the experience, but I wish that there was a more open draw, like when I light up a RAS or a D4 or, I mean, plenty of Cubans. I don't know. Mine's not bad. Mine's not bad. It's not that I'm, loose, but it's not like overly tight. Yeah, mine's either. fine, actually. No, mine's not overly tight either. You just have to pull a little more than you would, I think, a lot of the other Cubans that we smoke. I actually prefer... Just for my preference. I prefer a little bit of work. <laughs> you know, when it's too loose, I feel like it's just, it's too loose. I... I, I I mean, maybe maybe yours is a little tighter than this. It's very possible. So I mean, these are hand rolled sticks, so it can happen. So how was the Sir the 2017 Sir Winston that I gave you that the other day? Outstanding. From from whistle to whistle, totally. Okay. It's outstanding. I said to Gizmo, he was with me when I smoked that. I I had mixed feelings on the Sir Winston, the first one I had, which ironically I think also was from Puba. Um, in that I really liked the flavors I got from it, but I wasn't sold that it was this spectacular experience that a lot of Cuban aficionados would say that a Sir Winston is. But that one you gave me, I finally, I said to Giz, I said, now I see why people pursue this cigar aggressively. And I almost wish I didn't have this because now I need to find a box of them. Oh, yeah. And that's another cigar that really needs aging. You know, you get a box of that. You, you really don't want to smoke a Sir Winston off the truck. You want to let that sit for, yeah, what, four, five, six years at least? Those, yeah. You, you, if you're lucky enough to find it, let it, let it just, yes. You take one out every, you know, you want, you want, four, you want three, four years. That's what you want to do. You know, that's a special cigar. They, they come and then they're gone. You know, you, you, you don't want to. You don't see them that often. You don't see you don't, them that no. often. You just don't. And so. they're not cheap either, you know. And they're very expensive. And I mean, from an Upman standpoint, I mean. But they are with amazing. Like when you sit down and you smoke one, like that's a real, that's a real trip. It is. And it's funny because in contrast to the Magnum 46 we're all smoking now, the Sir Winston, and I feel like a lot of other H. Upman's, they're this mild, medium, smooth, creamy, elegant cigar. And what I like that Upman has been able to do with their brand is there's such a range, I feel like, within Upman of intensity of flavor, where a Mag 46, I think, packs a lot more flavor than a Sir Winston does. And I love that you just, there's something for everyone, it feels like to me, in the Upman line, which is really nice. It's a very complex, balanced smoke. Yep. It has got a bit spicier towards the end. It me. really has, yeah. It's, it's a lot more spicy. Um, but this is a really good, it's a utilitarian kind of, nice it's it's something in your rotation i, I think every every humidor should have a have a ca little cabin in there ready to ready to go can, can i sorry this is completely off topic but how we light our cigars i think a lot of us use butane lighters there are a number of guys that prefer matches I will never understand how I've been in multiple cigar lounges. The reason I'm venting about this, I was just in a cigar lounge in Houston this week that I went there. There were no matches anywhere to be found. I bought two very pricey cigars there. I think you all know the Davidoffs I'm talking about. And no matches. I asked for a lighter. Well, you know, we'll have someone come around. They don't like to really give out the lighters. And I finally, they, they lit my cigar. Okay, great. And I said, can you just leave a thing of matches? So if I need to touch up my cigar, I can do that. And they said, we don't have any matches. We don't, we don't give out, ma we, don't, we don't do matches here. 
How on earth? It's fucking lunacy. Is this possible? It's fucking lunacy. <laughs> and, 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 and I love matches, and I always, I, I, I like to use matches. I, I used to travel with more matches. I think lighting a cigar with a soft flame is actually the proper way to do it. If you don't have wind competing with you, you should probably light a cigar with a soft flame, in my view. And it's an issue when you're traveling. You can't carry a lighter. Right. You can't carry right. a lighter. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't believe I. The, the reason this really pissed me off is because I was in. So this was Houston. I'm telling you about that. I was frustrated. They said we don't carry matches. We don't do matches. I was in Pittsburgh once. First time. I've only been to Pittsburgh once. I actually had a good experience there. So credit to Pittsburgh. I've had a very negative impression of that city. But their <laughs> ballpark there for their baseball team, fantastic. You'll pay fifteen dollars and you'll literally be sitting first row. Behind the awesome. plate, it's unbelievable. Cool. And there's a cigar lounge in Pittsburgh that is three blocks from the stadium. Perfect setup. You go watch a baseball game, you can have cigars right after, and it's some Rocky Patel lounge. And I know, you know, cue the Rocky Patel <laughs> vitriol in this group. <laughs> <laughs> and the, cra- <laughs> the crazy thing is I go to this cigar lounge. It's actually a beautiful lounge. They've got this big marble bar in the center of the lounge. And I, I buy some sticks from them. I order some drinks and I'm sitting there and I'm looking around and I say, okay, no matches on any of the tables, no lighters. I call someone over. Do you have a lighter on you that I can light my cigar? I just bought from you. Uh, no, let me ask someone else. They ask another person. No, they don't have a lighter. I finally have to bring over the manager. 20 minutes has gone by. Manager comes over and I said, I'm sorry. I just spent X dollar amount here. I still haven't even lit my cigar. How are there not matches on the table? And this woman says to me, Rocky Patel does not believe in matches. Oh. <laughs> as if I needed another reason to disqualify Rocky Patel as a brand. I mean, it's just fucking absurd. Well, I mean, at least at least provide spills, which are easy for any cigar store to provide. I mean, you can make your own from anything. From I feel like I was gonna have to rub twigs you know, together to get my cigar yeah, lit. Yeah, <laughs> you know, a spill. Uh, I used to bring. I used to carry spills to the lounge, and you know, uh, but who knows? I, That's a pretty dopey statement. Doesn't believe it matches. How do you think cigars were lit before we invented butane lighters? I mean, none of this makes any sense. No. So you know what I do? Like when I travel. The first stop is at like a Dollar Tree or one of those places and get a get a butane lighter for like a dollar fifty two bucks. They don't and sell butane. They just have like the Bic cigarette lighters. Not the Bic. They have the butane ones. Really? Now. Yeah. All right. I'm going to take you up on that. I'm going to start yeah. doing this. A lot exactly. of, lot and of, and a lot of meth heads out there. A lot of meth. <laughs> a lot of guys. <laughs> team, team Crystal Meth is all over the God U.S. Bless them. You know? You, you, you stand outside when I go down to South Florida, exactly. which I do quite often. I mean, you can see Cooter out there and, missing uh, teeth with it with his with his pickup truck and 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 the Mountain Dew grill, uh, just waiting uh, with his butane lighter. So they sell them. They sell them. <laughs> All right, boys, we're coming to the end of the H Upman Magnum Forty Six. Are we ready to uh, give it a rating? Oh, yeah. I think so. Everybody ready? Rooster, you're up. Yeah, let's start with Bam today. All right, let's mix it Is up. Is that right? Other mix side it, of the Mix room. it up. I'm at an eight. Grinder. I'm at a nine. Pagoda. Eight. Senator. Eight. I am in an eight. Borderline nine, but an eight. I'm in an eight. Same. Eight. Eight point one. There you go. It's a solid recommend. Solid recommend. Oh, yeah. On the Magnum 46. You know, it, the presentation is nice, too. It comes in a 25-count slide lid box, cedar box. Stacked. I, They're not stuffed in a dress box. I got to say, the most surprising rating here to me was Gizmo. I love this cigar, ma'am. <laughs> but you gave it an 8. I did. I, I wish I, I, I should have given it a 9. What knocked it down eight. for you? I'm actually, I'm very curious. <clears throat> Honestly... I've had to touch it up a, a few times. The draw is not as incredible as I would like. And under a microscope, it's an eight. Under All a microscope, right. it's an eight. So that's still a strong recommend. I, I, I think I'm the one. I've said this many times. Anything over an eight, mm-hmm. if you're a listener, 
you should go out and smoke. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll say that this is a cigar that we'll all smoke on a weekly basis. Absolutely. There's, there's no doubt about it. Regardless of the rating, 8.1 is a very good recommend. But it's a, this is a weekly smoke, no doubt. And it fits anywhere in the rotation too, right? The oh, beginning yeah. of the night, end of the night, whatever you want to oh, do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it works really, really no, well. No doubt. Always a box in the humidor, always. Yeah. Fantastic cigar. All right, boys, an 8.1 on the Magnum 46. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to leave us a rating and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you have any comments, questions, if you want to reach out, say hello, tell us what you're smoking, email us, loungelizardspod, P-O-D, that's loungelizardspod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram, at loungelizardspod. We really appreciate your time, and we'll, uh, we'll see you next week.